0: peace family so here we are at episode five of african-american with your hostess six the goddess now keep in mind i'm a goddess and i'm sensitive about my shift so here we are it is monday um beginning of a new week i've had a very productive week i um Got a lot of things done. You know how we kind of have that to-do list where it's not things that you need to do like by today, but there are there are things that need to be done. I got like hella moves off of that list um, this past week. So I'm happy and I'm feeling very accomplished. Um, every week I go ahead and just make my little observations on the energy that, you know, our family is feeling during that time and I feel like right now everyone is everyone's energy just seems focused it seems like we all are kind of um goal reaching I'm seeing a lot of goal reaching I'm seeing a lot of uh positivity I'm seeing a lot of unity like I'm seeing so much progress in us as a people uh, I'm just seeing so much self-love and it's it's making me happy so I feel like we're in a good a good place this week I feel like our energy is directed in the in the right way because it's so precious and wasting it uh, or mismanaging our energy is just it's a sin so we just need to be aware of that and I'm glad that everyone's looking pretty pretty positive for this week so that's good um I wanted to start out with this thought um as i pay attention and look around I feel like there is a severe lack of femininity amongst black women and I don't think that that is something that uh, black women who lack femininity want I think that they're unaware of their lack of femininity and I think it may make them feel different or conflicted on the inside and maybe they're not even aware of why that may be because femininity is a mannerism it's a mindset it's a it's a lifestyle it's a power it's an energy and once you gain uh control and and uh and kind of synchronize yourself with your femininity you'll start moving different as a woman and more times than not, if a woman does lack femininity, perhaps her mother also did. And it can be something that, you know, if there's no example of it around, it can it can sometimes be difficult to embrace your femininity. So I want to make everyone aware that there is programs where you can literally learn, you know, the history of femininity, the art of it, the practice of it. Um, My sister has a company, and it is Blissfully Feminine. Um, You can visit the website at blissfullyfeminine.com, spelled out exactly the way it sounds. And there are courses that literally breaks down and walks you through steps to Uh, become more feminine or to become feminine at all or if you are already feminine and you just want to further master that art um, there's tools to do that there are retreats we have you know femininity girls retreats and vacations to kind of build together as sisters to progress as sisters to embrace these feminine principles there's workshops that we there's wife school and femininity courses are for both married and non-married women um if you're married um wonderful you know that's a big part of being a woman a big part of being a complete woman and if you're not married then and you are ready for marriage then you just want to make sure that you're living in the marriage-minded mindset and if you fall into those categories, you're a great candidate for Blissfully Feminine. Um, so if you have any questions about it, you are free to hit me up on Instagram. I got it six footer and send me any questions that you need answers. And I think that black women in general um, have could have difficulty embracing their femininity because being feminine requires us to do things that more times than not black women are not particularly looked at the ones who behave that way i think it's a lot more common on tv where we see like you know white or hispanic cultured um women you know cry when things are going bad and you know like if you ever watch the wedding shows Like, these white girls be in tears because the roses came in the light pink instead of the medium pink. And they be like, oh, my God, everything's ruined. Like, typically, you know, we don't see black women acting that openly vulnerable. You know, like, um, I just feel like majority of the things that are normal to us as black women, uh, women of other races would have difficulty handling those things. But, you know, once again, this is just our genetic makeup. We've always had to do things you know, that most women probably couldn't handle. So I think the first reason why it can be difficult for feminine, for black women to be feminine is because we have to first mentally prepare ourselves to allow ourselves to be comfortable with ourselves enough to be to be vulnerable, to be afraid. Um, these are natural feminine instincts, like being like fearless with not a worry is not necessarily natural to us as women so i think that first we have to kind of sign our own permission slip that okay we are allowed to have these emotions we do not have to be superwoman all day every day like it's all right to be vulnerable sometimes so first we have to kind of open that portal up open that energy up to you know let those emotions come forth so And I think that when it comes to femininity and the way that that affects our relationship with men, like I have learned to, I've I've really come to master the concept of, you know, you attract more bees with honey than vinegar. And I think that we want the right things from our men. We want to communicate in healthy ways with our men. And it's not necessarily what we're saying, but it can be the way that we say things. And the beautiful thing about embracing your feminine energy is that if you do it right, it makes it so that you almost don't have to say anything to a man. He will simply pick up on Um, the vibes you're giving him and he'll kind of already know, you know, because once again, feminine is about letting it flow, letting it be okay. So you actually will find yourself arguing less, you'll actually find yourself having to say less to your partner, as opposed to lacking femininity, when you're dealing with him, what happens is now your conversation has become imbalanced. Because now you are exuding masculine energy, and he is already masculine as a man. And when a man is met with more masculinity, he goes into competition mode. You know, because men, they are, they are creatures of pride. So when a man comes across another man more times than not, it's, it's you know, his, his, his mannerism will always be different. Than when he's at home with his woman. The the, the man that uh, ma- the, the man that we experience as him being your man, that man that you're with, you know, just you two behind closed doors, that version of him is one that more times than not, no one else sees. And that's the intimacy that's the intimacy that's more than just the sexual aspect it's just him revealing that side to you because when he like I said when he comes into contact with other masculine energies it's a whole different you know way he's going to vibe so you know when we come at our men in a masculine way pretty much what's happening is we're shutting down all communication now it's going to become a competition as opposed to a man listening to how his woman feels or a woman you know expressing to a man how she needs or wants to be loved so we have to start kind of taking a step to step back when we are in conflict which is hopefully not too much but when we are in conflict with our men I think if we just step back and take a deep breath and second guess the way we express ourselves, we will end up with happier, healthier relationships with better communication. Most of my friends are either married or in committed relationships. um, And I pay attention to the patterns that I see. And this is the thing. As much as we may have instincts to want to, you know, make sure we're proving our point and as, tel- as intelligent as we are and when we know what we're talking about, it just makes us want to go hard. But as women, if we can learn and we can master our femininity, what happens is you won't have to yell anymore we won't have to puff our chests out anymore to be heard at that point we will be heard without having to say anything a man our men will be much more receptive to what we need um, if we do this and the reality is we as people work best in relationships where we are interdependent upon each other Relationships where both parties are completely independent rarely work. You need to create kind of a codependence on one another. So the the way it works is the men have the physical strength. Okay. And we, and we don't have the same level of physical strength that they have. Okay. But then we have the mental strength. We are the ones that are stronger mentally. And uh, since we have that mental power, then that creates a dependency on us with the men, and then we are dependent on them for the physical superiority uh, when it comes to strength. So this is an interdependence on each other, and that's how we balance each other out. It's how we need each other. It's how we create those bonds. So when we go ahead and um, when we go ahead and master feminine energy to communicate with our man if you are that woman that has that pride and it just you know some women it just bothers them to submit to a man and if that is your mindset I just want us to remember this this is this is the point this is what it all comes down to you know healing your man with your divine feminine communicating with your man through your divine feminine the gag is this is the gag it's not for him okay if 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 you really feel some kind of way about it it's not for him it's for you because the 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 more you you balance his masculine out with your feminine the more he charges up the better that he operates I always say, like, men with no feminine women act like feminine women isn't everything. If you are a man, which, unfortunately, it can be all too common as a man to go through your whole life without ever having a truly divinely feminine mate. And if you've never had it before, then what I'm saying right now may sound like a different language to you. But once you see, okay, the more I am in tune with my femininity, the more life I'm pushing back into my mate, guess what happens? The better he performs in everything in his life, okay? So the better he's doing and feeling, the better overall care comes back to take care of you and your family. So that's the gag. It's not even like, oh, we gotta submit to him and take care of him, honey. What you give out to him, he's bringing back times 10. And, and, and these are the women who are confident in their relationships. I remember looking at this interview from Michelle Obama and she was, and they asked her something about, you know, if your, if your husband didn't become president and she was like, any man that I got with would have became the president. And I was like, hello. I was like, girl, you ain't never lied cuz that's what it's about. That is called having confidence in your femininity and the more the more you do it and the better you do it to your man, the better your situation. Okay? That's the gag here. <laughs> that's the gag. Do it for yourself if nothing else. Okay? And because we do have that stigma like we don't want him to win, but you know you 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 can win the battles then you can win the war but this is how we win the war okay it's deeper than those little petty situations so ladies you know we let's not work harder let's just simply work smarter i had got into some dialogue with a sister and uh she said she was in texas and we got into some dialogue uh, about church and what the church meant to her and why she said it was something that you know she wouldn't let go and I was like well sister what if you were you know what if you were presented presented with hard evidence that things that you are being taught are being taught to you knowing that it's untrue for profit I was like would you completely wash your hands of the church you know, I was like, if, if you were given evidence that Jesus is not the character that he's, he was made out to be, that it's kind of a misunderstanding on how this character came about, would you change your mindset towards, towards Jesus? And the sister was like, well, you know, it's better to believe in Jesus and die and have him not be real than to not believe in him and die and have him be real. And I was like, are you done? I said, that's it? That's it? That's why you refuse to let this go? So basically out of fear, even if you are presented with hard evidence, which the evidence is that the concept of a Jesus Christ is just a misunderstanding. A Christ could really be anyone you know that that you know there the 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 whole story and the way it was it came about was completely made up that the visual uh presentation of jesus was um a random european man it wasn't jesus when they depict him when you google him what comes up that that's not at all what he looked like if he were to be real it definitely would not have looked like that (laughs) you know like if if, if, if if evidence is shown to completely shut all that down, you would still, no matter what anyone said to you, you will still believe in Jesus. You'll still go to church. And you're doing it because you're afraid of what happens when you die that you, you, you want to believe in him just to be safe. You're going to base your whole life off of this uh, just to be safe that is exactly how you know brainwashing happens we gotta call it what it is it's brainwashing so essentially anything we could have taught you that if you die you might get eaten by the boogie monster and and and, and still, that is to be your your belief system and you would believe in that to this day so whatever was introduced to you you know from a childhood or whenever you became a christian they could have used that to keep you today even if they said you know the boogeyman is not real you would still be afraid of him is is that that's essentially what's happening if we look at these pastors the, the 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 gag here is majority of pastors know exactly what they're doing more times than not pastors are simply people who know how to understand their ancestors very well but they market it as christianity but more times than not they know they know but i I, it just you know it becomes a part of a profit it just becomes and i don't mean like a profit i mean profit like a money profit They know what happens when you gather multiple Africans under one roof, especially Africans who are spiritual. They're going to church more times than not. These are more spiritually inclined people. These are people who more times than not have good intentions. And these pastors know what happens when you gather this many, you know, spiritually inclined Africans under one roof. And people say, well, I go to church because I know I just feel I feel the spirit and I just know that that's God. I know that is Jesus. I'm like, no, that is your ancestors, You're feeling. Your ancestors show up when y'all show up. If all of y'all are together right now, you are harnessing that energy and that power. You're bringing them to you without even knowing or trying. And that's what you feel. And that energy, these pastors know exactly what that energy is, but they play on it and they sell you something else. Because I think letting them letting you know that that energy you're feeling is you would be too empowering and, and and it might result in less money for them. If you take the people out of the building called the church, what do you have? You just have a structure. You have a structure. It's that simple. You have some walls and a door and some windows. What makes up the church is you. It's the people. And that's why more times than not, churches are segregated. Most churches, it's a black church, then it's white church. Because the energy that you will feel in an all-black church is different. Because as Africans, we conduct energy um, to a higher capacity due to our skin. The melanin in our skin makes us operate at a higher frequency and vibration. Um, it allows us to feel deeper, see clearer, see more color. It allows us to hear music sharper and better. So. When you have a black church, you can guarantee that the energy will be higher and the energy will be different from other churches simply because of who the members are. We, and, and so many of us in one place and, and that are spiritually inclined, it is going to generate some serious electricity. So that's what you're feeling. It's that simple. That's what you're feeling. It is not necessarily Jesus or a figurative um singular God that you are feeling you're feeling you all (laughs) and um the, the, the the thing is this we we sometimes will hear people say well I was at church and I just felt like this message was for me yeah that's because when we're gathered in one place like that our ancestors are present and our ancestors are the ones that watch over us they guide us they know what we need And they will always deliver messages to us, um, even if we don't realize this is them doing it. I don't think they do what they do to get credit. I think they've seen more times than not that they could do so much for their own, and all they're going to do is go thank Jesus, (laughs) as opposed to thanking who really did the work. So I, I big came to the conclusion that, okay, clearly our ancestors are humble, and they're not the kind of people where they want a lot of recognition for what they do, because... You know, niggas out here thinking a whole different, (laughs) they send they thank yous a whole different way. So they still look out for us regardless. So it's just important to understand what it is that we're feeling. You know, now the pastors that know this, like like I said, more times than not, pastors who are more successful, they know this and, and they know how to play on it and they know how to direct that energy kind of in their favor so to speak but just know that they know but that's why it's very important for them to also build codependency upon the members because more times than not a church also becomes a support system you know the the members help each other out and through through rough times through times of need through deaths through births of new children so you become a family, and I think that people get very uh, attached to that concept. So it's also hard for them to kind of go against that because they feel as though you'll be losing that support. But that's why I say if you're the, the type of person where kind of church is kind of a tradition to you, you can still gather together once a week. Like, I, my dream would be for a, kind of like a revamp, <laughs> You know, we can still gather together. We don't need a, the, the a, necessarily a church or to carry on anything that may be untrue to still have a relationship one another, with, with one another. To me, these are, you know, simple ways that we can start to, you know, get more towards our own ways and our own culture. Because it's something that will definitely take time. I know these are not things that we could change overnight, but there are things that can be changed nonetheless. If I Google Jesus and see that, you know, a thousand white people come up and I ask the pastors like, why are you not rallying against getting this change? If you're telling me that Jesus was really black, why are you not doing whatever you have to do to get him to be depicted correctly? Because they know they could never take it to court because they wouldn't have any solid evidence. So that's why it's so hard for me to not put my foot on the pastor's necks because nine times out of ten, they know exactly what's going on. But, you know, they either play on it or they don't take any opportunities to change things that they know needs to be changed. It's extremely confusing to me. So, you know, you sit here and tell me, okay, I know that Jesus wasn't white. Okay, so then why don't I see churches with like... Big black Jesus painted outside. You know, why do I still see billboards with like blonde hair, blue white Jesus? Like, have you found Jesus? Like, why is this white man still the spokesperson for Jesus? Like, why is he the face of it? He's still the face of it because black religious leaders have not done what they needed to do to get him to be depicted correctly because they know that when they go to court and they have to try to prove this they won't have any evidence to do so that's what it all comes down to because why else would they have not you know taken the steps they need to have their religion be portrayed correctly because i tell you what you couldn't do that with anyone else you couldn't do that with anyone else you know what i'm saying you couldn't have a blonde hair blue eyed buddha you know what I'm saying? Like all over the place. You gonna have a blonde hair, blue eye, like a la plastered all over billboards and shit. So it's like, why are black Christian leaders, why have they, after all this time, not taken any steps? If you tell me that Jesus is real and he, but he was black, why have y'all not taken any actions to get him to be, tra- be portrayed correctly? Because you have these young black kids growing up with this vision of what their god looks like and that's abusive to them these are part of the things that are messing with the psyche of our children if your God that you're taught to worship and base your whole life upon is depicted as white, that kills a child's self-confidence. So why are you not advocating for our black children? And if and if you are going to teach them this religion and teach them about this Jesus, why are you not fighting to have him be depicted correctly? Because any child that Googles Jesus, a thousand white men come up and you haven't taken any steps to change that. Like when are you going to start being honest with your people? This whole color thing is a huge basis on what this religion was created for, amongst others. You know what I'm saying? Everybody got to start demanding the truth from your pastors. Stop letting them profit off of you and pimp you off of love and hope. Because like I say a thousand times, I don't know how many times I've said this, love ain't enough. I know you love your churches, your congregations, your pastors, but that ain't enough. If they're expecting you to invest your whole life into this, 10% of your hard income into this, you need to demand answers. You need to demand that this makes sense. And anything that does not make sense, you need to restructure what you're doing. You need to step back and make changes. This shit is played out and outdated. I really feel like parents that teach their child and have any depictions of any kind of white Jesus in these kids face, I find that to be child abuse i find it to be premeditated child abuse so you know if this is if this is what you're gonna do because everyone's gonna do what they want then you can at least start making slow progress you know this is your investment you are the church we can't we can't ever give another human being that much power of us i don't give a damn if you a pastor a president it doesn't matter we are at the end of the day still got to use our own minds do what makes sense to us i don't care how many generations have done this or believed in this or how much your grandma would be so disappointed for you to question jesus that doesn't matter and we don't do it for ourselves we do it for our our children and our and our grandchildren that we haven't even had yet you know we owe the truth to them your pastors after the years you have invested into their churches you need to demand truth from them you need to demand that everyone seek truth together let go of things that are harmful and unnecessary and learn how to adapt truth no adapt to the truth no matter how hard it might be and these are decisions that we like i said we don't make for ourselves we, we we're doing this for the generations to come. we We don't just get caught up in what it is right now. We know that there is a bigger picture here and we're and we're doing it for the ones coming after us. So, You know, once again, this is about a journey. This is about what we see on a day to day. These are about issues that happen on the regular that we just are needing to step back and reevaluate how we look at these things and deal with these things. Like it's insane to continue on with things that are traditions that have not gotten us anywhere. So it's like it's like we're remodeling right now. Like, I feel like in 2018, like, niggas need to do whole remodeling sessions. (laughs) That ego is a hell of a drug. (laughs) That ego is a hell of a drug. It's so difficult to say, you know what? The way I've been going about this is wrong. You know what? The way I've been thinking about this is wrong. Me doing this is wrong. I'm not doing that no more. I'm changing it up and this is what it's going to be. That's very hard because people put you on serious guilt trips when you do that. It's a lot of people that don't want to change their lives because I think they're afraid of the ridicule. I think they're afraid of because of what it used to be. They're afraid to change that up because subconsciously that is admitting that you were doing things or living in a wrong way and I think people aren't ready for that they're not ready to deal with the oh so you on this now oh so you doing that now if you're not a hundred percent ready to be like I don't give a damn what it was I don't give a damn what it used to be I don't dare what it used to accept I don't give a damn what it used to be cool I don't give a damn this is what it is now and you stick to that and you don't look for approval from anyone else to do that because guess what happens you changing makes people realize their own lack of positive change and it makes them uncomfortable so they would much rather write you off like oh oh you trying to be all that now like anyone that criticizes you for living in truth or living in light or doing better you already know what's going on there people damn sure don't give you any lip when you're doing bad like no one is ever like this nigga he over here doing this bullshit like nah all they gonna do is spread the word you know what I'm saying they're not they, they, they're spreading the word they, they take they take joy in it they love talking about that they don't never have a problem when you ain't respecting yourself that's just entertainment for them but then admit that you wanna say fuck that and do better you know and you wanna grow and you wanna live in truth now everybody got something to say now you wanna come to me like oh you, you, oh, you think you this and you think you that like if you ain't ready to be like yeah i do think i'm this oh yeah i do think it's that if you ain't ready to have that attitude like yeah and, and what you're gonna do about it you're not ready to start living in truth because when you live in truth it's such a journey and and there are still so, i literally have like a list of things that it's like okay things i want to improve on and it's things that i work on a daily basis and it's so much easier to just be like well this is what it is and you know this is just what it's going to be it's so much easier to do that it's also easier to lie to yourself and say well you know this is not really this or to live in gray areas where you don't have to really make a commitment to something (laughs) it's so much easier to do that and it is one of the hardest things that you'll ever have to do when you're doing a complete 180 change when you have to swallow your ego and admit that you've been living wrong when you've been living in a way where it just doesn't make sense to you anymore to where you don't have a choice but to elevate and live in certain truths and light you'll know when you get there you'll know because you'll be ready for any kind of ridicule you'll be ready for any kind of you know backlash and 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 once you know you're ready for that that's when it's time that's when the gloves come off and the growth really happens so we we can't live in fear and we can't live in lies. We're not living away out of fear of burning in hell. We're not living in a way out of fear of disappointing family. This is your life. And after you leave this earth, there will be other lives that you will have helped create that you are responsible for setting good foundations for. It's a duty to your nation. So even if we don't do it for us, we do it for them and it's okay. You don't need anyone, no one is ever going to give you permission to do better, okay? No one's ever going to be like, oh, you know, I'm really proud of so-and-so for changing. No, they are going to ridicule, they are going to try to bring you down. So you have to be okay with making these changes despite what anyone says or thinks. So that, that's, you know, every week we got homework, that's this week's homework is to decide what you don't like. Decide how you're going to fix it and the changes you're going to make and then do that. And don't apologize for it to anyone. Do what you know. Meditate on it. Do what you know you need to do to better yourself. Because once you start living in that truth and that light, it just becomes addicting. And you're going to start reaching levels you never thought you could. Um, I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode of African American. Subscribe, favorite, leave reviews. And we will see you next week. Six of Goddess out.